In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, I want to use my time here on Good Friday to encourage you in what Martin Luther calls the high art of being a Christian, what others have called the martial art of being a Christian, and that is to encourage you to learn to talk back to the devil, that is, to talk smack to the devil. And so I want you to be encouraged and to learn how to shout down Satan and to silence him. This is one thing Good Friday equips us to do. It equips us to reply to the devil. We believe that Christ's death on the cross was the true defeat of Satan. And so it's worth considering how we can use that defeat for our own good, for our benefit. The devil, we know, is active in the life of the faithful Christian. And mostly the devil is active as a preacher. He is active as a preacher who has one basic sermon. And the devil's sermon always comes down to a question, did God really say? That's what we see in Genesis when the devil is first encountered by Eve. The serpent tries to bring doubt about the faithfulness of what God had said. In Genesis 3, did God really see? Did God really say that you shall not eat from the tree in the garden? And then Satan calls God a liar, and Eve puts her trust in the devil's sermon in what he is saying, which she should have responded, no, God's word is true, and it's good for me. But when she didn't respond in trusting God's word, she was snared in Satan's trap. Throughout the Bible, we see that pattern over and over. The Israelites, when they are delivered from Egypt, God had promised to take them to the land flowing with milk and honey, but when they get to the wilderness, they allow the devil to question God's promise. And so they complained. Moses, your God has just brought us out here to die. They get caught up in the lies of the devil and not in God's sure promises. We even see it after Jesus' baptism. God makes a declaration of good news that Jesus is his son with whom he is well pleased. Immediately, Jesus goes into the wilderness and is attacked by Satan who says to him, if you are God's son. Satan tries to bring uncertainty to the word of God. That's what he does. This is also what Satan does to you. We know that God has made promises to you. God promises that there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. God says that through the blood of his son, we are set free from our sins. God forgives our failures because of his overflowing kindness, and we are promised that God is faithful and just, and that when we confess our sins, he will forgive us from all unrighteousness. We see in scripture that God is eager to promise us that our sins are forgiven. He promises in his word that he loves us, that he does not want to abandon us, that he always forgives us. And so God wants our hearts to receive this word and place our trust in it. But what happens in the Christian life? Well, Satan attacks the promise, just like he always did. He has no other scheme. He wants you to doubt God's word of promise. And so often we're eager to listen to that sermon of Satan. Satan will remind us of our past sins. He will get us to think something along the lines of, did God really forgive this? Or if the church knew who you really were, if the church knew the sins that you were really guilty of, 
they would toss you out of there. You would never be accepted. Satan will try to convince you that you are a hypocrite. He will point this out to you. Look, you go to church, you go to Bible study, you pray, but you still have this sin. You still feel deep down like there is something wrong with you. Maybe God's promise really is not for you. Sometimes Satan will give us a faith thermometer to check our faith temperature. He'll give us this thermometer and say, how much do you really believe? He'll get you to think, do I really believe all of this? Maybe this is all just a bunch of stories. Did God really say this? That's what Satan does. He accuses you. He sows doubt in your heart. And most of all, he wants you to begin to question God's promises. Because if you don't trust God's promises, then you're on the path to despair. Your life doesn't quite make sense. The pain and suffering of your life will be meaningless. You'll realize how much of a sinner you are, and you'll cut yourself off from God's word. And in Satan's mind, that's how he wins, when he gets to cut you off from the gifts that God has for you. And so when Satan comes to you to get you to doubt, when he accuses you, you have to talk back to him. And what do you say? You go to the cross. At the cross, we are given the certainty that God's promises are true for us. Because what happened at the cross? Jesus doesn't just go to the cross to be a good example for us. He's not just a martyr. He's not just in the wrong place at the wrong time. Jesus is not just a victim on the cross. He is not powerless as a prophet who succumbs to the powers of the world. No, at the cross, Jesus takes your sins onto his body. That's what Isaiah says. The Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. It's what Paul says in 2 Corinthians. He who knew no sin became sin on our behalf. At the cross, Jesus takes the sins of the world, and more than that, he takes your sins. Even the most shameful ones, even the sins that are so embarrassing, you would never tell anyone that you would never dare to whisper in daylight. Even that sin, Jesus takes it from you, and he bears it for you. He dies with it so that it is no more. Your sins are gone. As far as east is from the west, so are your sins from you. They're gone. And when Christ rises on Easter, he comes not with a reminder of your sins, but with the word of forgiveness. Do not be afraid. Your sins are forgiven. And that's how you arm yourself to talk back to the devil. You say, Satan, that sin you want me to be so ashamed of is not my sin. Christ has taken it from me, so shut up. Get out of here. When Satan wants you to question, did God really promise this to me? You say yes, because the one who knew no sin became sin on my behalf. And that's what Good Friday is about. God gives you his son so that you will know that you are forgiven. He gives you his son so that you know that his promises are true. God isn't just paying lip service. He's giving you his very own son, his very word in the flesh, so that you know he is faithful to his promise. And so on Good Friday, God fulfills a promise that he has made to you. In Genesis 3, God says, I will put enmity between you, that is the devil, and the woman, that is Eve, and between your seed and hers, 
He will strike your head and you will strike his heel. You see that at the cross, Christ has crushed the head of Satan underfoot. Satan's words, Satan's sermon has no power over you so long as you go to the cross. As long as you say to Satan, Christ has done it all for me, then he's powerless over you. When you look to the cross, you are looking at the very promise of God for you. You are forgiven. Amen.